Welcome back to Magnify Him Together. This is Josh Hodge, and we are in episode number 21 of Remember Now Thy Creator Podcasts. Arrows were designed to kill enemies. We can read about that. 2 Kings 9 verse 24, Jehu drew a bow with his full strength and smote Jehoram between his arms, and the arrow went out at his heart, and he sunk down in his chariot. Ugh. That's gruesome. It's not a very nice story. But arrows were designed to kill enemies. But arrows in the Bible are also used to refer to life. Well, at least the life of a child. And it says in in Psalm 127 verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Now we have this little picture of a mighty man, and he's he's bending the bow. He can shoot that arrow, and it's likened to a child. Now, I didn't do archery much, and I wasn't all that good when I attempted, but I was fascinated by it as a boy. And I love making bows and arrows out of wood. While I wasn't good, there was one thing that was very obvious. If you wanted any chance at hitting the bullseye, you had to aim straight. Arrows don't curve. So if the arrow missed, it wasn't because the arrow spun away from the target. It's because I didn't aim straight at the target. An arrow does go straight, at least if it's perfectly crafted. We get the saying, straight as an arrow. Because, as we've already said, arrows are straight. And they fly straight through the air towards the target. So think about that. A child, in order for it to go straight to its target must be pointed in the right direction. The child must be kept straight. The child must be given guidance. It must be given direction. Now, being pointed in the right direction isn't the only characteristic that an arrow has or needs. Arrows have to be sharp. In fact, there's a a psalm A lovely psalm. It's a beautiful psalm. Psalm 45, verse 5. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says that he has sharp arrows that end the life of their enemies. And speaking about Christ's judgment on the nations and Christ's judgment on sin. And we learn that for an arrow to be effective, they have to be sharp. And that's why Christ had sharp arrows. Now, how does that relate to us? I want you to think about a passage in Deuteronomy 6, in verse 5 to 7. And, and when I read this passage, this, uh, this blew me away. It was, it was incredible to think about this. And, and so I'm going to share this with you now. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Thou shalt love Yahweh thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. We're familiar with those words. And it goes on to say, I've commanded you all of this, and it it must be in your heart. 
here is where we get the connection. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Do you know what word that is? It's the word sharp. Teach them diligently is sharpness. So parents have to make their children sharp. Not only do they have to point them in the right direction, but they have to sharpen them. And how do they do that? It's by teaching their children what? The love of God and the love that they need to have for God. And the fact that God is one. And how often are they supposed to sharpen their children? They're supposed to talk of God's commands when they sit in the house, when they walk by the way, when they lie down, when they rise up, just all of the time. That's the point. An arrow has to be constantly sharpened. So do children. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm not a parent. So this is a great lesson. Ten years from now, maybe when I have a child. But God is our father. And we are his children. And if God is our father, he's pointing us in the right direction with his word. Now, parents try to do their best with their children. And sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they fail. Sometimes they're not pointing them quite in the right direction. But God, who is our father, he knows how to point his arrows in the right direction. His children. He does it through his word. He does it through providence. He does it through working in our lives which means it's on all of us. Each one of us have a responsibility to make sure that we're understanding God's direction. Because not only has he pointed us in the right direction or given us all of the potential to, he's also sharpening us or giving us the potential to be sharpened. So let's check ourselves. Let's examine ourselves, as 1 Corinthians 11 says, right? Week by week and day by day, are we indeed headed in the right direction? Are we in the hand of a mighty man? Are we in the hand of God being pointed towards the kingdom? Something to consider. And as we consider that, as we consider our creator and, and his purpose with us, I think it will help us better remember now our creator. Welcome to the bonus material for Remember Now Thy Creator podcast, where we have a grade 9 to 12 student from Christadelphian Heritage College in Southern Ontario share with us some of their knowledge about an animal that supports intelligent design. Today, we have James Drywood with us. James, how are you today? I'm sensational. Sensational? Is that because we're going to talk about the octopus? Yeah. Definitely. All right. All right. And is it because we just had an extra long March break? No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Okay. So you really like school. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, James, you've said that the octopus is one of the most intelligent animals ever created. Why, why is that? They, they can, they can learn a way a contraption works in a very short amount of time. Like people learn how machines work and they may even have trouble with that, but octopuses try things out, they try buttons, see what they do, even timing. 
So how long it's going to do something for, when it's going to do something. That's, that's neat. Do you have uh, an example of that? Uh, yes, I do. I once saw a video where they trapped an octopus in a small aquarium, um, and there was a trap door leading out that only opened to the touch of a button. Um, so it was a timed button, and the octopus waited to see how long it stayed open and when he should go through. The octopus timed it perfectly so that he would make it out on time. Wow, that's, that is an impressive octopus. Now, are there any other unique abilities that the octopus has you could share with us? Um, they have the ability to camouflage. Um, I think everyone knows that, but I don't think a lot of people know that they can also camouflage their texture as well as color. Um, they have ink sacs. So if a predator is after them, they can spray ink at them and like, then the predator can't see them. Hmm. Interesting. And they can get away. And what about their, their limbs? Is there something interesting about their limbs? Uh, oh yes. Um, if you, if they lose a limb, it will grow back over a matter of time. Wouldn't that be nice to have that ability? <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could do that. Okay, what else, what else can you tell us? Anything about their diet or any other neat facts about the octopus? Um, they typically eat crustaceans um, or even smaller octopuses. Hmm. Um, octopuses, by the way, have three hearts and blue blood and all of their organs are in their head. Now that's cool. Yeah. Um, they are completely boneless and can fit themselves through very tight spaces. Um, they're of the same family as squids, cuttlefish, nautiloids. James, do you know what a nautiloid is? <laughs> I do even pronounce that. I don't know. I, was, I hadn't heard of right. that before. But anyways, yeah. carry on. But squids and cuttlefish, I know they're of that family. One of their three hearts is used for pumping blood through the body. So like our hearts do that. And the other two are used for pumping blood through the gills, um, which is where they breathe from. And think about this, they have camera-like eyes that can distinguish the polarization of light. That's cool, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. They have suction cups also on their tentacles. I think a lot of people know about that. That can stick to the right substances. Wow. It sounds, James, like you could just go on and on about all of the amazing features of the octopus. Is there... Is there more than one type of octopus? Um, no, there is a big variety of octopi, by the way, pronounced octopi. Okay, thank um, you for that. I forget how it works. There's, there is octopuses, but it's in a different context. It has to do with like whether they're all the same type or different types. I'm not sure how it works, but something like that. Well, you're the expert. Um, yeah, there, there are poisonous ones, such as the blue-ringed octopus. And then there's strangely shaped octopuses, like the blanket octopus, which is like, literally looks like a blanket with a head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it literally looks like a blanket with a head. There's also the Dumbo octopus. That's got big ears. Okay. And that is a real type, by the way. It is called that. Now, now think about all that. Tell me that that evolved and that there was no thought involved in the creation of that. Right? Uh, I can't tell you yeah. that. Is there, how, how would you summarize that, James? Going through all of those things, all of those special features, all of the unique abilities that the octopus has, why does that tell you that there's an intelligent designer? 
Well, like I was saying about them being smart, how they figure things out, all their features, if that like evolved or adapted to things over time, how would it like think that smart? Like that's really, there's a lot of thought put into everything that an octopus does. There's just too much complexity with the yeah. octopus to have evolved, right? And, and even like losing a limb, how it grows back the exact same way. Yeah. How, how did it adapt to regrow its limbs? Yeah. Amazing. All right, James, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us what you know about the octopus. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Absolutely. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. That would be nice. Awesome. Well, that's it for the bonus material, but hopefully that helps us all better remember now our creator. When pressure builds so much inside a container, it will eventually burst, or the liquid inside will bubble up and overflow when there is a good matter in our hearts, then our hearts will bubble up. It will burst with enthusiasm. This happened with Elihu, Jeremiah, and the psalmist, and will be the subject of our next podcast, along with an interview with a student on the platypus. All this next time on Remember Now, Thy Creator Podcasts.